You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. Spaghetti's a breakfast food. <sighs> On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. And sometimes we argue on Twitter about whether or not <laughs> pasta is a breakfast food. We're currently covering uh, a bunch of Ryloth shit. I don't know. Listen to the old episodes. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've recorded. It um, has. We're, we're covering the Bad Batch ones. I don't know their names or their numbers. Before we get into that, Ryan has a guest to introduce. Heck yeah, I do. We are joined by Jam the Jedi, our good friend from over at the Holonet Marauders. How you doing? I'm doing really well. And to be honest, I'm actually here not because of the Bad Batch. Big surprise. I'm here to talk about the whole spaghetti breakfast situation. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm totally kidding. Please, please tell me that you are a sensible person. You know... Maybe not to you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. oh yeah. Lo- very long story short uh, for your audience <laughs> and for my audience. Somehow it's bled together here. Um, Ryan texts me one morning out of the blue about what is your stance on spaghetti for breakfast? And so, of course, all I can think of is like the moment in Always Sunny with the what is your spaghetti policy? Um, and we- we've pretty much been like asking everyone what their stance is on spaghetti for breakfast. What, yeah. does, what does this have to do with Star Wars? Absolutely nothing. 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 At all. But uh, hell, everyone... Hell is empty and all the devils are here. They're eating <laughs> spaghetti. Yes. Yes. It. You know, <laughs> I, I, I work with this caterer that offers spaghetti for breakfast. And I'll tell you what, just so everybody is clear, we got to get this out of the way. It's not like cold leftover spaghetti. It's fresh made spaghetti. <laughs> With cold like, leftover spaghetti would be acceptable if you're eating leftovers for breakfast. There's no rules you can eat anything. No rules, just right leftovers. That's how the world works. If you're eating hot, fucking fresh spaghetti for breakfast, you Look, have lost the plot. This no, is a hot take. Go the to spaghetti. therapy, Ryan. Stop eating fucking hot <laughs> spaghetti for for goddamn breakfast and sort your shit out. Listen. Andy, Andy, what did you eat for breakfast this morning, though? Yeah, that let's talk about that. Lie. I cooked that last <laughs> night and took the pictures last night, and oh. I made a joke tweet about eating it for breakfast to shame Ryan. And of course, one of my Twitter crushes, Brotherhood of Evil <laughs> Faggots, retweets and is like, "This is what the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "No, it's my oh, no. thing. I yeah. love it. Oh, Man, this it, plot it, thickens. For context, Andy tweeted, "I believe it was Penny." For breakfast, penne, pot, not, not spaghetti. Like spaghetti's a good. That was a whole know. separate fight, by the way. My housemate <laughs> bought penne, and both Evan and I were like, "Why would you buy the worst type of pasta?" Oh, and God. so then we had a whole Ugh. argument last night about like, is is penne good or not? And I'm like, I just had to deal with all the shitty gay discourse for Pride, and now I'm in like, 
<laughs> two months deep in pasta discourse now yes. and I can't escape it. It's nice well, though, isn't it? It's nice. It's a nice discourse. I like this discourse. It is a good discourse. It's, we'll keep this conversation going. It yeah, is, it is just as infuriating as if King should be allowed that pride or not. I will I will conclude my piece by saying the best spaghetti breakfast that I've had in order. Layer that of sentence, pasta. That sentence is is buck wild, right? Oh, it is my buck dear friend. Wild. My dear friend, last week I ate breakfast. I ate spaghetti breakfast every day, seven days in a row. That's buck wild. That, what's that, that? What's that? Was it a vine where the dude is like yelling about <laughs> uh, the Bernstein Bears or some shit? And he's like, dude, dude, you lost your mind. <laughs> Does anyone know that that vine? I don't. Vaguely. Vaguely. I remember a little bit. TikTok? He's like yelling about like frozen or something and he he's just like dude and then he he gets like so angry and leaves <laughs> and everyone is just like laughing at him and he's so mad that's me right now it it's is this pasta it discourse is. if you know what the fuck vine i'm talking about tweet it at us please, please i'm do. dying <laughs> and have some spaghetti for breakfast. look sp- layer of spaghetti uh then what was it a layer of hash browns everybody listen stay with me stay with me Sautéed mushrooms, sautéed peppers, uh, there was some avocado on there, some red salsa, and a little bit of onion, and vegan chorizo, like soy chorizo. Oh, man. Oh, best breakfast of your life. That belongs with vegan eggs. Why are you eating that with goddamn pasta? It's good. <laughs> well, they so on the menu. On the menu, what it is is it's all Jam of that. Jam is never plus... coming back. By the way, no, no she's not. not. <laughs> I'm it's, not. It's, it's, not coming but back. Next time I'm, Y'all but next are not time I'm at her house. Back to my place. Just we'll make spaghetti for breakfast. Look, look. My fiance always makes amazing breakfast when we visit places. But this time, I'm taking the wheel. A- anyway, the menu had scrambled eggs on top of it. And one day on another show with the same caterer, Becca, my fiance, was like, hey, I'm really curious about this spaghetti for breakfast. Before I ever did it, she was on this train before it was cool. She was like, what could you do to make it vegan? And it was the chef. The chef decided to put the vegan chorizo. It is still cool. It is so cool. (laughs) And it is, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm evil. And maybe, maybe this is just a devil's deal that I've made. But that's also the title of the first episode of The Bad Batch. I looked that up while we were yelling at each other. What a transition. Look at that. Amazing. (laughs) You You did it. You got there. I did. I did. And and I, I should say that the reason that we asked Jamie to do this episode is because she is next level bad batch fan i i don't <laughs> i i i this this you are your obsession with this show inspires me to be more obsessed with things nice so well, well thank you i that's a very <laughs> high compliment thank you so much because uh I, I guess for context for your listeners i've i've been on your show before um i don't remember what we talked about unfortunately um but uh i know i was there I know I was there for the conversation, but um, yes, yeah. The the Bad Batch somehow became like one of my like all time favorite like Star Wars like media pieces. I think that a big part of it was is like I got into the Star Wars animation like late in the game. Like I I got into Star Wars late in the game, um, like not like as like a kid and whatnot. And so seeing like an animated show that you could really like latch onto more so like as it's coming out, I don't know. It just like really like really really stuck with me. And the 
Clone Wars arc and then the actual show, it's really stuck with me. Um, and like I've seen like all like the older content of like the episodes that they wanted to make and whatnot, but it never like clicked like in like that moment. It was just when stuff actually started like coming out. Um, but yeah, uh, I love the Bad Batch. You can talk about the Bad Batch for forever. Um, <laughs> I kind of do. I have an entire <laughs> shrine next to my desk where I work every single day. It's kind of embarrassing. But um, you're a big tech fan too, which I find yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a uh, so this is this is a hot take come from me. I I am a huge tech fan, but I've recently also been very big uh, hunter fan as well. Which I, I love the cosplay. Did. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I made a civilian hunter. So that's the green outfit that he wears, like undercover in like the early episodes of this season. Uh, not in the episodes we're talking about today. He only wears it twice. He steals the clothes from Cut Locane. They were Cut Locane's clothes, but uh, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I made that outfit. And at the this current moment in time, it's the only Rebel Legion approved version of like that outfit, which is really cool. Like to pat myself on the back for that one. And I had a lot of help yeah. uh, from friends and from judges to like get it like to where it needs to be. And like I, I totally made it on a whim too, because like I bought like green fabric like earlier sometime like last year during like early pandemic, and I was like I'm gonna make a different Jedi, and I never did. And then this episode came out of Hunter wearing this green outfit, and I'm like I have those two shades of green. <laughs> Let me just do this instead. And bloop blubbity bloop, and I made it and I wore it to celebration, and I stuck out like a sore thumb in the Clones of the Republic uh, photo shoot, but it worked and it was great. It's super <laughs> badass. Thank you. Definitely. All right, so let's recap these episodes. Let's do um, it. Um this is this is our first time ever talking about the Bad Batch other than our uh fuck Mary kill intro. Uh um, That's true. That's true. <laughs> that was another time we yelled at each other. Yeah. So the the Bad Batch are a group of uh modified clones um and their show picks up with Order 66 happening and this, uh, like, com- elite commando squad splitting up where uh, four of the five uh, abandon the Empire and one stays behind. The show is very ambiguous how much of that is his decision versus how much is the chip in his noodle. Um, but yeah, this set of episodes opens on Ryloth with... Uh, Cham, Cham's wife, whose name I'm forgetting. Elaney. Elaney, Elaney thank hey. you. <laughs> I had to look and, that up today, though. Well, I and, look and Hera, little little young Hera, and uh, Ryloth is still occupied by the Republic. They were supposed to leave once the uh, Clone Wars were done, but they've decided to hang out now that they're the Empire. And they're like, actually, ooh, we kind of want to do some war crimes here. And Cham is like, I really don't want you to do these terrible fascist things, but also I'm really tired of fighting, and uh, it's kind of nice, like, not doing that. So maybe if I, like, ask real nicely, you guys will, like, chill the fuck out, please. And the hottest clone that we've ever met. I know they all look the same, but Hauser is uniquely sexy. Uh, you I can't love him see very it, much. but I am raising my arms right now in praise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
the moment you mentioned the, the sexiest clone, I don't know what it is, but he, he like is. I don't he, I don't know what it is. He's so it, daddy. He's so daddy. Yeah. It's the hair and the color is the, it's a flattering color. Oh, the aqua teal. The aqua teal yeah. is is Commander my Baja color. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, like Hauser just like existing. I'm not even kidding. I didn't even get like as much like engaged in like a bad batch like posting on social media until Hauser. Like seriously, <laughs> I can go back and find the first time I did like like a TikTok like about like the bad batch as it was coming out. It was about Hauser. And I made a really bad joke that was just like, I don't know about you, but Hauser can take me to church. Cuz Hauser, yeah, you know, you know the band yeah, the <laughs> That is no, a very gay song. Yes, I know it. The video did not do well, and here I am, like a year later now, thinking about that joke, and I'm like, mm, that was something. But Hauser, <laughs> the the Imperial officer's name, I'm blanking oh, on. What's his name? Rampart. Rampart. Rampart is gay but homophobic. Yes. Hauser huh. is gay but like an icon. Also, yes. <laughs> gay gay Star Wars Twitter fucking got so unhinged for this. Two episode arc clone <laughs> clone daddy. Uh, anyway, uh, Hauser is this clone who we're introduced to, who is like tight with Chab and is clearly trying to fix the system from within. And he's clearly retained more of his um, individuality with the rise of the Empire than the vast majority of clones we've seen up to this point. Um. Hera is, like, hanging out with Uncle Gobi and doing some, like, mild terrorism. She goes on a weapons run and meets the Bad Batch and befriends Omega. They have some really cute scenes together. She comes back. They get busted. Empire arrests her parents. She goes back to the Bad Batch. Is like, hey, can we save my parents? Bad Batch is like, we really want to. We think y'all are cool. But actually, no, it's impossible. Omega's like, hey, I heard Hunter use the word strategy and I'm going to say it a couple times and we'll use strategy to rescue your parents. Hera's like, let's do this. Bing, bang, boom. They got a plan. Hauser comes out, has a heartfelt scene. They rescue the Sindulas. Gobi is like, finally, we got our figurehead for this uh, rebel movement we're starting. Let's do it. Everyone parts on good terms. The end. Oh, Ornfree Ta gets shot in the face. That's the episodes. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about Ornfrita. But yeah, that happens in this episode. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Yeah. What do you think of these two episodes of The Bad Batch? I love them. I think, I mean, I was a little thrown the first time tuning into The Bad Batch and not getting The Bad Batch very much at all. But revisiting them in this Ryloth context, they're a really important part of Champ's story that you kind of never consider before they came out. Because you, I mean, Clone Wars, Cham is very much like a statesman. I mean, he's a folk hero. And yeah, Rebels, Rebels, Cham is like Saw Gerrera with head tentacles. And I guess we all kind of assumed that it was just a slide into being a rebel. But I do like how at the beginning of this, he's kind of reluctant Jim, what do you think of mm-hmm. these two episodes? Well, I think that for these two episodes, so the episodes are, if I remember correctly, 11 and 12, uh, Devil's Deal, and then Rescue on Ryloth. Those were the two episodes yeah. in question. Um, 
the first of those, uh, Devil's Deal, is that is the episode in The Bad Batch that we only see The Bad Batch for literally one scene. They yeah. are not in like that entire episode. And I, I think that that is so interesting that it is so almost like detached, but not at the same time because they are very important in the next episode. Um, and it even builds up more of like what the Empire is doing there um, with the Rampire and everything. And I think that for like the broader story of like the Bad Batch, um, these two episodes give a little bit of like groundwork of the future rebellion and also like the future um, Imperial occupation with like whatever Rampart is trying to plan there. Um, he's he's not my favorite villain. Um, I really haven't like talked about it ever, but like I, I find this utterly amusing. I remember, sorry to get off topic really quickly. I, I find it utterly amusing at the Bad Batch panel at Celebration. Um, one of the show's creators literally said, what do you guys think of Rampart? And no one made like a peep. <laughs> there was not a peep. And everyone was just like, eh, okay. Yeah, but, but anyway. Um, he reminds me so much of the Twinks for Trump guy. <laughs> like I just can't unsee it. Like uh, Rampart okay. is just like a token imperial dude, and like I don't like him, I don't dislike him. He just exists. Um, it, but but these two episodes, like I do like them a lot because I totally was not expecting to like get something like this and like see like young Hera with Chopper. Like that was like very very cool to me, and just to see like a, a younger version of Hera was like probably one of my like highlights of like this entire like show. Yeah. Ryan, you got to ask me now. Andy. That's me. Why do you hate spaghetti? No, um, <laughs> what what did you think? Uh, I love these episodes. Uh, I think they are important to show the Bad Batch slowly making rebel connections. Um, I think it's safe to assume that they're going to get involved in rebel cells. And this is like their first foray into that even if they have so far like resisted fully signing up. And I think that these episodes are vital to the story of Ryloth and Champs and Dula and Harris and Dula. So, um, yeah, I think they're two really great episodes. Uh, Hauser is hands down one of my favorite clones of all time. Uh, so, and not just because he's hot, but that is a huge part <laughs> of why. So yeah, these two episodes rule. Yeah, I hadn't considered that this is really their first foray into rebellion, but yeah, their first time they're like kind of is. like forced to pick a side, and it's because like Omega pretty much yeah. like shoves their hand, um, saying that we should do this. Uh, she tends to do that a few times actually. Now that I'm thinking about it in the show, because uh, like early on um, in the Bad Batch, they they run into like a. They get like the mission from not the mission from Rex, but they run into the Martez sisters and then they tell them that like they 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 end up telling Rex that like the batch is like around. And so like that's like making that connection in the first place. And so like they they have the brush up against the rebellion with the Martez sisters, and then they get like thrown into it with the Sindulas, and then like it just it's just gonna escalate like from there. And like I, I can't wait to like see like that build yeah. further. Um and it's funny that they like start with that oh and of course Saul Guerrero in the very very beginning but like they're very confused at that point in time yeah I'm curious if they'll run into him again though maybe I don't know I I, I mean, love like, Saul I, any chance to get to see yeah. Saul Guerrero and hang out with him is a is a good day in my book I would like to see uh the whole Callus Lasan 
Saw Gerrera, Lasat Mercenary Story. I just don't know if this is the show for that, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. That is a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, it's clearly very intentional that they put these characters together. And, and by these characters, I mean, like, Gobi, Cham, Elena, Hera, and then the Batch. What do you think this show was trying to, like, thematically tell the audience about each of these sets of characters? And, like, what do you think that the Batch is learning from the Sindulas and vice versa, the Sindulas from the Batch? Because they could have gone to any planet yeah. that we'd seen in Clone Wars to do this kind of episode. But they very specifically went to Ryloth for this. I think that a big part of it was I think they wanted to build a connection uh, with Omega and someone else that was around the same age as her. And they must have realized in that moment, hey, Hera would be about the same age. Um, and I think that that's really important that they could like have an actual like childhood friendship between Omega and someone else. And to just like see that like grow in the future. Um, because Omega obviously only ever sees the batch and that's the only social socialization that she gets. And so seeing her interact with like another kid as a kid is like really important. Um, and th they just definitely saw that opportunity like with the Sinulas and they're like, all right, well, this is what it has to be now. I think that's a great point. And that's yeah. not something that Ahsoka or Ezra as child protagonists had an issue yeah. with. Like there were tons of other Padawans for Ahsoka to get to interact with. And Ezra had Sabine and uh, other young members of the Rebel Alliance as he got older, like Wedge and stuff. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Omega's just alone with her four dads. Exactly. Like five dads. No, she really is. Cause like she always had the very, very sheltered like life. Like she could not interact with anyone. And then she finally gets to like be out there. Um, they definitely needed to put that interaction in there so she can have like a, a proper childhood development of some kind. And they're, they're definitely going to like build on that more in the future. Cause they definitely exchanged phone numbers at the end. Let's oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I, I hope we get some scenes where like, it's, you know, the start of an episode and it's clear that like Omega has been like, I don't know, TikToking with her. I don't know what like young kids do these days to like interact. Snapchat is Snapchat still a thing, but whatever that is. is. But like her, she's like hanging out with Hera online. They're playing RPGs and or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be. I would love that'd that. That'd be that'd be really really cool. I hope that they like work that in somehow. Even if like we don't actually like, get to see like Hera like again like in person, if they it just shows that they're chatting. Or even if they end up writing it with like Omega's just like, oh, I told Hera I was gonna do this, and Hunter's like, you're you're talking to someone. What do you what what? Yes. Um, I would I would. They're love pen that. pals. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. And then like Wrecker knows everything about it. And he knows everything about it. And then <laughs> Hunter is like the only one who is just like what. What are you doing? Knows nothing about like the internet at all. The holonet, nothing. Wrecker is playing himself in the RPG. Like he doesn't understand that he's supposed to be like <laughs> another character. And uh, Chopper is uh, like just a really sadistic rogue. And uh, Harrow's a paladin and Omega is DMing because she's using oh, strategy that she learned from Hunter. There we go. I, I would watch this. This, it's this all could be its together. own series. Yeah. I love this it. This is perfect. Lucasfilm, <laughs> call me. I love it. No, I think... Well, I think the the other 
sort of impetus to bring these characters together is that in Cham, I mean, his story up to this point is someone who was anti-establishment and then kind of became the establishment. Whereas the Batch were the establishment for their whole lives and have now been pushed out of the establishment. You know, the Bad Batch are an example of people that were able to walk away from this and keep their principles and fight back and really not compromise themselves. And that's sort of what Cham is wrestling with. I think the Batch needed to learn things about family from the Syndulas. The Batch interacts with multiple different family units throughout season one. They interact with the Martez sisters. They interact with uh, uh, that clone who is with that Cut Yep. So they interact with those guys. Uh, and then they interact with the Syndulas. Like they interact with a bunch of different family units. And it's, I think them learning something from each type of family that they interact with as they like become more comfortable with this weird family that they have built of these four dads and their kid. Who's also their sister. Who's probably um, older than them, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's real it's real fucky. Uh, it's very confusing. Uh, so there's I think there's that element of like okay, well there's this other pre-established family that we can have them interact with, and I think ultimately Cham is not going to learn the lesson that he needed to from the batch, which was like knowing when like fighting is enough like knowing when it's not your fight and when to like call it a day uh i looked it up um he uh, elena is safe for a hot minute because she has to have a son who's also going to die with her and so far no no little baby boy is hanging out right now so she has a while to live yet but lords of the sith is right around the corner and she's dead by then so i forgot there was a boy i, I did think too. that i think that they mentioned that during this episode i think she already had the son and i think that he already died oh shit well then i think she's, that that's mentioned in this episode she's not long for this world uh but she is tragically going to die we don't know how and uh cham is going to get much closer to Saul Guerrera than mon mothma after mm-hmm. that happens and become fully dedicated to the fight and i think cham's lack of relationships outside of the fight he closes himself off to uh really his humanity is a weakness of his and that's something that uh, the batch is getting more and more open to embracing. Um, so I think tragically, Chem isn't going to learn the the lesson that he could have from the batch here. No, I mean, to some extent, he still hasn't learned it by Rebels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rebels, he's softened a bit just with, I think, age. But yeah. when we see him in Lords of the Sith, he's in the fight and that is all he has. I, I remembered like when the first time that I watched this episode, I remember any of my knowledge that I have about the Syndulas is honestly from the two of you. 
<laughs> because you've been like working through like digging through like the story for like uh, so long just of everything with like Lords of the Sith and whatnot I knew nothing about Lords of the Sith <laughs> until you guys you both brought it up and I'm like uh huh. okay sure um and so like that's how this entire time watching this episode for the first time I was on the edge of my seat waiting for Crosshair to just take the shot and just kill her Kill, kill Eleni. Like, I thought it was going to happen, like, any sing- any second. Same. I kind of did, too. And then he never did. And then Crosshair misses at the end, but that's another can of worms about did he do it on purpose or not. But, yeah, I got a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but uh, I, I think that at the end of, like, these episodes, if anything, for Cham, it's kind of like the lesson he learned is the good old clone model, live to find another day. Um, I, I really feel like Cham didn't, like learn to like take it slow or anything he was not like no 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 this is an experience in which we can we can rebuild and we can regroup and we're gonna go back and kick everyone's ass so i feel like that was his takeaway i'm so curious if he lives to the end of the war it's he's an interesting kind of hanging loose end he's talked about in alphabet squadron but it's it doesn't give any indication if he's still alive Right. I remember that. Yeah. They just talk about rebel extremists, or it might, might have been the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, there's a book post-Return of the Jedi where they talk about Saw Gerrera and Chamsundula and how they were too hardcore for Mon Mothma. Um, I, I think they get shout-outs in both. Which is is not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to be too hardcore for Mon Mothma. Uh, maybe Andor will change my opinion a little bit on her. Yeah. But uh, I I'm closer to Chab Sadula and uh, Saul Guerrero than I am Mon Mothma in my <laughs> politic, so uh, I can relate a little bit. But yeah, these these episodes are really fun, and uh, they're yeah. they're the tension of not knowing what's going to happen to the Sindulas is very stressful, and same with Hauser. I mean Hauser's. Uh, speech at the end to the clones and a bunch of clones throw their weapons down and their shields down and kind of join him and they all get arrested and you don't know if Crosshair is going to like take the shot or not is really stressful. Yeah, that that entire sequence is uh, very, very pow- powerful and it like shows the whole beginning of whatever this whispered clone rebellion eventually might be, which would be very cool to see. Um, but I love how we were given Hauser, this clone we know nothing about and and he's gorgeous and he just has like such like he he knows like what he's about and i just find it also so interesting that order 66 didn't like affect him in any way shape or form like obviously it's like the whole they're gonna like you're gonna kill the jedi um but like he answers to cham and obviously cham isn't a jedi but like you'd think that his attitude might like change like with the whole order um because the rest of his unit also seemingly kind of like is suddenly very much, like, stricter, like, all of the other, like, robotic um, Order 66, like, snap into action kind of thing. And so it's, it, it was just so, like, refreshing to see, like, a clone captain acting like they were during the Clone Wars, at, but in this, like, post-66 era. And he was just so good. And, like, his, his, his speech was so powerful. And I'm pretty sure he, like, he, like, made Crosshair, like, think in the distance also of just, like, what, what oh, am I, think, I doing? Yeah. And he didn't take the shot because of that. And then everyone just kind of, like, got, like, rounded up at the end. So, like, because I just mentioned a second ago, Crosshair, like, misses the shots of, like, the batch and the Sindulas, like, flying away. 
Um, that's literally because he's thinking about like what Hauser said um, to everybody down there, and he's looking at it, and he's just like, hmm, I don't know, maybe this makes a lot of sense. And then suddenly that shuttle goes by, and he's like, oh, oh shit, and then tries to like shoot the shuttle down. And I'm pretty sure he purposefully misses because he does not miss. And so like we, we have like so much going on for the Sindulas, for the Clone Rebellion. And this is like also like probably like the most like character development for a crosser in the entire series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the end. But it like is. Yeah. Yeah, it's really compelling that like cross it almost feels biblical that like crosshair is there to witness this. Yeah. Like, he's, like, enraptured by this moving speech that um, Hauser gives. And um, all of the signs that Hauser has, like, maintained his individuality in over the course of these two episodes is super interesting. And it's all leading up to this moment where he confronts the clones and is, like, y'all like we're fascists now we need to stop and sure enough like it's powerful enough that he snaps some of his brothers out of their programming and potentially even crosshair it's it's really compelling stuff it's wonderfully acted and uh wonderfully animated do we think we're gonna see him again i imagine so i'm desperate to see the droids from the last battle of the Clone Wars in Rebels again. Ah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I'm desperate to see Hauser and Hauser's lads again. So I, I'd say yeah. I'd I'd guess that they are going to show up again because they you have like the seeds of this supposed clone rebellion. But I think that one one big one of the things that I talk about all the time on our show is I really want to know what the clone. Um, retention program is and what the clone retirement program is like do they all just get like brought out to like a ditch and like shot in the back of a head like I, I want to know like officially is that what they're going to do to all of the clones or where they go peacefully because obviously in, in rebels we have like Rex Wolf and Gregor just like out there and the Empire knows that they're out there but they don't give a shit yeah. so like I, I want to know what this like full decommissioning process is will there be like a mass like execution of the clones or will they just be like leave um and so i think that if anything we'll see hauser again and his boys again in some sort of like early imperial prison um also judging on like judging on like the bad batch season two trailer there's a shot in there of a bunch of people in like what looks like some sort of mine or like um smelting factory and they all look identical like younger clones but i I don't want to stir the pot too much with theories but i think that there's something (laughs) going on there um so I think that there's a potential to see like imperial like labor camp like eventually or some sort of prison like that of these clones that are defective. Hey, there's a a clone in Lords of the Sith who has become an imperial royal guard, and so mm. it. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, that book he talks about how like some of the clones were forced to become, like jobs that they found degrading like heavy manual labor jobs or like menial cleaning jobs or security jobs like they were given things that were not like suited to like their needs or what they found fulfilling and some like stuck it out and hated it and some just like quit and became homeless like the clone we saw in kenobi and a few were given 
like very uh like brutal opportunities to like special positions so like he had to do some horrific stuff to become an imperial royal guard uh but to him it was worth it because he didn't have to take uh those jobs that he didn't want to have to do um I think that's in Lords of the Sith. I could be misremembering my I th- I think you're early right. canon and novels, there are... but uh, it might have been Tarkin, but I think it was Lords of the Sith. I want to say it's Lords of the Sith, and I know there was something with clones in Lords of the Sith. This is why I need to reread it before we cover it. Mm-hmm. But also, way back at the first New York Comic Con after the Disney sale, uh, when Rebels was sort of production was winding down on season one and things were about to come out. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo had like a legendary uh, panel where he talked about sort of the state of the galaxy in the first 15 years of the empire. And a lot of the stuff that he said has come up in later stories. I mean, he kind of alluded to like the empire having a plan in the outer rim that we now know to be the Kyber crystal mining for the death star. Like it was kind of just an hour long info dump. And he revealed that they were bringing the inquisitors out of legends. And on the topic of the clones, he basically said like he compared them to Vietnam veterans and like the homelessness thing in a lot of ways, which is interesting after Kenobi, Mm -hmm. but he said there was no extinction event in the sense of like, they didn't kill everybody. They kind of just, okay, we're done with you. Go figure it out. There was no retirement. There was no support. It was just like, okay, go away. And the galaxy at large, you know, the, nobody knew what the hell had just happened in Order 66. Um, I just looked this up the other day, too, the transcript of it. Um, you know, no, they were this misunderstood generation. Not even just abandoned, but like, virtually nobody had ever met one of them. And they were kind of creepy. Sorry to break your heart. No, that that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, uh, and I think that's, I, that that's yeah. also something that I feel like um, it, this bleeds into the line of uh, fan theories can get so deep, and you get so invested in your own thoughts and your own theories about things, and then you think about what's actually presented to you, yeah, and what's actually presented to is like about like the clones, like yeah, sure, like they all have like, their personalities and whatnot, but like they, the general public does not interact with them, and like they don't, they don't know anything no. about them, um, and so I've, I'm just very interested to see like how they're going to eventually like push that through in the future for the bad yeah. batch and this like in between content that we've been getting, um, but I we'll see Hauser again, like we need to. You, oh yeah. I mean, like there have been like one-off clones, obviously, but the the response to Hauser, oh wow, like, yeah, come on. Oh yeah, yeah, they definitely weren't I, expecting that. I don't think. No, not at all. I think, I mean, my thoughts on this clone rebellion. I hope it's the beginning of the path. I want Commander Cody to have started the path. Oh right. I will. Right. That's my crazy crackhead i like that that's that's good i yeah because i think that we we talked about this like uh the 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 clone guilt should found the path and so that this entire network that they built up um in kenobi um that clone guilt should be like a big um push for things but i think that since and there's something tragic in cody not knowing that he saves obi-wan's life indirectly yet directly we did talk about that that was a really fun conversation yes 
Did you all uh, see the, the, the uh, yeah anyway um uh. I, I've been on villain Cody for so long but uh yeah I I would love the idea of of good guy Cody we I mean the the bad batch trailer that they showed at celebration that for some reason didn't get posted had a scene of Cody and crosshair at a, at the Battle of Geonosis memorial from the Ahsoka art and Cody was like I, Jamie probably knows the quotes better than me, but Cody basically said, like, dude, don't you have any, like, any issue with anything going on? And Crosshair was like, nah, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Cody, Cody's definitely experiencing doubt, um, and he doesn't know what, if he's doing is right. Um, and Crosshair, I don't, I don't, I don't think he had his chip removed. I think that he, he's still <laughs> under influence of it, and he's under a lot of, a lot of business, and I think the Empire lied to him, but that, hey, um, <laughs> like, Cody is definitely experiencing um, doubt and that guilt, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And I think that we'll definitely like see him trying to like reconnect with other clones that are either trying to break free or possibly even in the future connecting with Rex. And then I think he's gonna meet his tragic end. Oh, please no! You, did you hear that he was supposed to be in Kenobi? I did. I was intrigued by that. That was, that was quite the. Did you hear this, Andy? Oh, no. There's been yeah, I guess there's been news yeah. recently that apparently one of the one of the drafts and so who knows how far along it was. Um, one of the drafts was uh, Cody was supposed to be on Tatooine with Obi Wan and he was like tailing him and whatnot and just like making sure he was like okay. Um, we we like, like a good like, guy, Cody. yeah. Post chip Cody, like post chip, like straight out of like some like Cody Wan fic. Like I'm just like what <laughs> this 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 was almost a thing. Um, that would have been really cool but like, i the have fact seen that some did... very interesting fan art uh, <laughs> about something similar. <laughs> so, i i believe yeah, it. if you've seen like a recent like uptick in like that kind of fan <laughs> art as well like um that that's why <laughs> mm. Mm. I love it. i'll have to go to my spicy oh, account God. and uh <laughs> um that that draft is not popular in our home because the other side of it was Becca was like heartbroken to read about it. Um, the instead of the Inquisitors, we would have had Reva. Reva's kind of always been there, but instead of the other Inquisitors, uh, I guess a squad of purge troopers that was all like clones that we knew. Dude, like it was led by Commander Jet from the Geonosis arc. That was the name in that interview. They didn't specify anybody else, but they would have all died. And I do not want to watch any more Clone Buddies. Now. Ryan, I, I tell you about this all the time, but I personal personal fan theory here that that the Purge Troopers, a good selection of them are just reprogrammed clone troopers. And so there are a lot of dudes that we know and they're the ones that we trust because oh. they're like, oh, we're just going to reprogram the hell out of you just so that way you're, you're more obedient again. And like, I find it so fascinating that I, I am it. obsessed with like that theory and I've just come up with so much heartbreak because of that. But, like, <laughs> it it makes so much sense. And I'm glad we didn't get that, like, as well. Like, I wish we had more Purge Trooper and Kenobi, but that, whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Try to reel it back well, in. I'm trying to the, reel it back in for you guys for the Cindulas. The, the Purge, I'm going to reel back out. The Purge like, Troopers okay. are <laughs> likely clones who worked closest with the Jedi because they know how to fight Jedi. Right. Yeah. And the clones that we know the best are the ones who spent the most time with Jedi main characters. So, exactly. yeah, it's it's rough to think about. Yeah. But Whew. let's wrap this up. Uh, rapid fire things you like <laughs> from this episode that maybe are not thematically important, but that like you just enjoy. 
What do you got? Little hair is pilot dreams that we know will come true. Yes, uh, to bounce off of that as well. Uh, her like saying she wishes she could live on a ship just like Omega with her entire family, and, and huh. she does. Oh. Yeah, this is Hera seeing like like a non traditional family unit, and that's what she's gonna have someday. Oh, love it. Yeah. I also love seeing uh, Chopper uh, commit his first war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that we that's know needed. of. Well, yeah, on screen war crimes. In Robin Hood lore, one of my favorite things is a very minor character named Will Stutley formed the outlaw Sherwood gang. Um, this is very commonly adapted to have been Little John because they don't want to do the real Little John intro to Robin Hood. But in the Howard Pyle version, a guy named Will Stutley created the gang. And then he meets Robin and is like, Robin, you should be the leader. You're a better leader than me. And I love that. I like I find that to be a very compelling um, like character interaction and character arc. And I love that Gobi is Will Stutley for the Robin Hood that is Chansendula huh. in that Gobi is the one like pushing for, you know, rebellious steps, pushing for stockpiling weapons, pushing for keeping their old bases interactive, making black market connections and he knows that he's not meant to be the leader. He knows that Cham is going to be the leader, but Cham's not ready quite yet. So he's just going to, like, get everything ready. And then when Cham gets his head out of his butt, he'll hand him the reins of this of this movement. And I, I find I find Gobi to be endlessly interesting. Gobi is cool. Gobi is great. I like that the resistance pilot blasters are named after Yeah, the Glee. Him. Yes. Fantastic. Um, I, I love, so, uh, Sunilas aside, I love how uh, in the second episode we have the, the beautiful uh, Techio drift moment <laughs> of uh, Tech drifting the Marauder just, like, around, like, the fuel depot, and he's just, like, trying to keep up with whatever Hera's doing, and he's just like, oh, holy shit. I love that, though. It's just perfect having two absolute, absolutely incredible pirate pilots. I almost said pirates. I always get pirates on the brain. Um Two absolutely incredible pilots, just like one of them for the first time, and then one of them that's just like, okay, settle down. All right, I got you. Wow, I barely got you, but you're you're doing well. <laughs> My two biggest complaints about the Bad Batch are actually really well handled in these two episodes. Uh, complaint one is that there's not enough differentiation between what Tech and Echo bring to the table. And this episode's and these episodes. Tech is the pilot. Echo is the hacker, sneaky, get you past security guy. And mm -hmm. if all of the batch had been that with these two, I would have like, I wouldn't have had any complaints. Uh, like, I love that these two episodes are like, Echo, your job is to be sneaky and to get us in. And Tech, you are the wheel man. And yeah. love that. They got their roles and they do them well. And more of that, please. Second complaint is that uh, Crosshair shouldn't have shouldn't be making decisions based on his chip. He should be making decisions because he believes in them. And uh, I I buy into your read of this jam that Crosshair is conflicted and he's not making decisions because of his chip. He is not sure if he's making the right decisions and he questions himself here. And uh, I wish that was less ambiguous over the course of this show. 
Yeah, that 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 entire sequence, not even sequence, but the entire show, it's really unclear. Does Crosser actually have the chip removed? And is he thinking like in his own free will? Like it doesn't help that like half of his like head got like fried. And so mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah. it's weird. And so maybe the chip was removed and we just never know, or it's still in there and it's like just malfunctioning. Um, the guy needs to learn how to make a decision on his own. That's that's it at the end of the day. Um, and just get this good mm-hmm. soldiers follow orders like bullshit out of there. He'll he'll learn. He'll figure it out. It, he'll be all right. It, he'll he'll be all right. I hope. <laughs> I think you convincing yourself. Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't die by the end of the show. I yes. want to see him uh, atone for his actions without a sacrificial death. I, yes. I agree. I feel like since we've seen it now in Kenobi in which someone can be redeemed without getting killed off, or at least the path towards redemption there, um, that, you know, we can continue doing this and letting people have, like, a full, I'm going to build and, like, relearn how to, like, live as, like, a good person again. We can do it. Crosshair can do it. He has a lot of support, okay? He has, like, more support than anyone in, like, the entire Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> and what is he doing? He's he's going pew, pew, pew. Nah, I don't want to do that. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> I like Hauser's paint job, and I like his cool scarf. Yeah. Yes. Just everything about Hauser. Just, mm-hmm. just everything. Oh, uh, there's a bit where one of the... They're not purge troopers. One of these new Imperial commandos Elite squad. Up. And is like, Crosshair, we gotta we gotta go to the place and protect the thing. And Crosshair's like, why? And they're like, because that's what they're attacking. Crosshair's like, that's not their target. And like, Crosshair is so done with their bullshit. And like that little exchange that I just butchered, love it. Great moment. Ten <laughs> out of ten. I like. I mean, I just like that Eleni Sandula was finally allowed to be a character. Yeah, she has yeah. a lot of depth for two episodes. Yeah, I would like to see more of her. What was she busy with in the Clone Wars that she was not at Champ's side? Um, Being a mom? Tell me that story. Being a mom? Yeah. Normally? True. I, well, Hera was probably like, se- yeah, Hera would have been seven then. Yeah. But. I have to imagine that she was like protecting like communities of families that could not fight. Like, yes, I don't think that she wasn't fighting. I think she absolutely was. But I think her role was like maybe like allowing her to raise Hera while also still being a badass. Um, yeah, because like as much as I love Hera, I don't think Hera was ready to be running out on the front lines yet. You know, no, at, at seven. Uh, I mean, if little Anakin can do it at nine as a. You know, in Phantom Menace, maybe Hera could have, but two years is a lot to, you know, a lot of piloting and blaster skills to still pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Things that could have worked a little better that you wish you could have changed. Anyone got anything? I guess I just wish that Orn Frita hadn't been established to survive this so that there could be some consequence. But that's not really a fault with these episodes. I keep forgetting Orn Frita was even in this. So Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I'm not a big fan. Things that could have been improved. Um Rampart. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how to elaborate on that. But like 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 I mentioned earlier, he just he he needs a little bit more. He's just 
simple Imperial. I don't know what his goals are. I don't really, I'm not really invested in what his goals are. Um, and because of that, I think that it suffered a little. Yeah, he's he's not a great villain. I feel like they're kind of trying to have him be... He reminds me of Krennic a little bit in that, like, he's tr- he's yeah. clearly trying to play out of his depth and he's clearly trying to, like... He's very ambitious and trying to, like, climb this ladder quickly. But, like, Krennic is Ben Mendelsohn and... This guy ain't that. Uh, we, we, I do like this actor. He's uh, I know him from Red Dead Redemption, and he's brilliant in Red Dead. He plays Charles. Right. We just need yeah. more. We need more meat there. We need like, like yeah. Krennic had a whole yeah. live action movie and a novel right before yes. it came out to like establish who he is and what his motivations are, and like all of the villain screen time is going to develop in Crosshair, and we need more from Rampart. I agree. Yeah, the actor can do it. Give him, give him something. Um, I don't know if I have anything that I would change or complain about. I think these episodes are bangers. Um, we could have had like a shirtless scene with Hauser, you know, yeah. like you know, like if we're just like wish list, you know, out there. But uh, I think we still got enough of my boy that I'm happy. Or if it was even like uh, Umbara style, like they're on, on the execution line and they don't have the top half of their armor, but they have mm-hmm. like, you know, that, that situation, that could be yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just mm-hmm. everyone gets a beach day. Every, we're going to the beach, everyone. Yes. Every, there we go. Beach episode with Halzer and, and the Batch. Oh my God. Oh. Someone right, right now is writing a fanfic just for me. Oh, it's already been written definitely. and art exists. <laughs> I you didn't. I didn't. Ryan? I didn't. I didn't do it. But somebody has. <laughs> I. I don't. All right. Yeah. These are some good episodes. Jam. Uh, where yeah. can people find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere on social media at Jam the Jedi, and then also at Holland Up Marauders on Twitter. We are just at Holland Up Marauder. So I am one of the co-hosts of the Holland Up Marauders podcast. We talk a lot about the Bad Batch, anything that's new in Star Wars. Um, a lot about Sinon Ithano, the Crimson Corsair pirate from The Force Awakens. He's like our favorite boy. Um, but yeah, you can find us there. You've had Ryan on for solo episodes, and I'm, uh, you know, whenever whenever you need me, I'm I'm hey. there. Whenever, anytime. You've been you've been busy. Have Andy you on. Got married. I have been I, I have been busy getting married. That's fair. <laughs> Next time, uh, soon, yeah. soon. We'll, we'll connect. Hell yeah. Uh, Ryan, anything you want to plug real quick? Uh besides andy's wedding congratulations on the wedding thank my friend thank you hey congrats on getting engaged that was fucking cool hey thanks that was fun we did a we did a double proposal at star wars celebration the pictures are adorable that <laughs> they are thank you uh i i sent ryan a, a series of images from his proposal slowly zooming in closer and closer to frog lady because uh, she, she is in the background and she just looks so thrilled that you guys are getting engaged and it's my favorite thing. It, it's my second if, favorite if I thing. Tell, my favorite thing is you and Becca's happiness, but then it's Frog Lady. If, if I could tell a quick topical story, um, I had a feeling that Becca was going to propose and the deal was she could go first. So I bought a ring at Galaxy's Edge, of course, carried it around with me everywhere all that week. 
that morning, uh, I, I rushed out of the hotel because I had promised to help a friend get into the celebration store. No names mentioned, but she is on the podcast currently. Who? Um, no. <laughs> and, and who? I don't know. Um, and while we were there, I thought to myself, ah, shoot. I forgot the ring. I think I said to you like yeah, twice, you like, you know, I forgot the ring. I should really go back and get that. And then I never did. Nope. And about 15, 20 minutes before she proposes, Becca had this custom thermal detonator ring box made and she drops it and it shatters <sighs> and she starts sobbing. And I realized, oh no, that's today. Okay. Yeah. That's happening today. So I asked her friend, the photographer, uh, who shoots proposals for a living and was there with her full kit. I was like, clearly this is today. Do I have time to run back to the hotel four blocks away? She's like, no, you don't have time, but you fucking better. So I ran back and got the ring. Jamie, you should have bullied me into going back and getting the ring early. I should have. Um, but you know, I had a really packed day too. So it, there was, there was a lot going you really on. Did. I saw you sprint by to get the ring and you're like, you're like, yes. oh, run with me. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't run first of all. And second of all, I got another <laughs> That's situation. Right. I going ran on. by. So um, so, That's right. I forgot I yeah. ran by. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sad I missed it in person, but like, oh my gosh, those photos, they, they were gorgeous. And I'm so happy for you both. Thank you. And we all went to Disneyland afterwards. Uh, yes. And it, was it was a great day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love you guys. Jamie and Becca crashed the Falcon. We, we love you. We did crash the Falcon. And con- and congratulations, Andy. Like I haven't actually been able to say congratulations. Yeah, I missed you at celebration, but wedding is more important. So yes. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got married instead of going to the Star Wars celebration. Wedding was a blast. Uh, went really well. Um, uh, should be getting pictures back soon, and then I'm going to be just unbearable on social media, <laughs> like. The, Please do. the basic white bitch inside of me is just going to be fully unleashed as I like obsess <laughs> over my wedding photos. As you should. You both looked fantastic. Thank the you. The whole ceremony looked fantastic. Of course. Well, now that we've complimented me a bunch, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We would like to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. We are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio, as well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics by Ending Pending, Fan Fiction is Good Actually, and Good Neighbors. I don't know if I've mentioned that we added another podcast to the network. Uh, I'm also on that show, so if you love uh, horror stories and stories about community building and found family and uh those sort of themes and you also like spooks and laughs it's a great show it's got a lot of heart we've won awards we've won the audioverse award for best new podcast narrative thing and i won an award as the best new voice actor shit so like go listen to it Heck yeah 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 it's award-winning let's all congratulate andy yeah again. congratulate me again talk about how fucking good i am no it's a great it's a great show uh i'm really proud of it uh if you can get past the first arc which is um you know maybe a little rougher on the sound quality it's all it's all roses from there uh ryan how do we end the podcast holy cow it's been so long i forget we no longer implore people to tell the boy about his parents. No. Um, oh, if this if this will be the end, let it be memorable. Yeah. It's a Champ Syndulla quote. How could I That's forget? That's not Champ Syndulla. No, it's, uh, That's, uh, it's not Champ. I'm gonna die. It's uh, I'm gonna die.
<laughs> yeah, for Ryloth. Love it. For Ryloth. Where they may radio.